Welcome to Pixel Chicken Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Be Good, Brambosi, Bramboski, Brambino. Mm. With me, I have uh, Stryker. Ooh. Very delicate. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil, Philliam Wallace. Hi, guys. He uh, conquered damn. Scotland in a day and a half. Oh, but this far. Stop. Oh, fuck. <laughs> How are you guys we doing? Start over now. We don't have to start over. We gotta start over. Okay. Okay. Oh, fuck, so we'll stop fucking around. We'll, we'll keep going. All right. We'll give you a second chance, Phil. So, um, welcome. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Feeling good. Smelling not so good. Uh, a little sweaty. Yeah. But uh, I'm doing all right. Phil. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Yeah. I got a goatee. Got a nice goatee and mustache. Evil Phil is here. Yeah. Um, we yeah. don't know what's, where regular Phil is. He's in my basement. See, I'm Philippe. I'm his French evil cousin. Philippe. Yeah. I only work till five and my closet is filled with Molotovs. <laughs> Why is you working till five relevant to that? <laughs> because that's a French thing. <laughs> okay. Isn't that what everybody does? That's everybody. I guess. Isn't it nine to five like the common? Yes. I'm an idiot. Anyways... So, um, just uh, gonna preface this cast with uh, check out our website. Um, we made it with our own sweat and blood. Mm-hmm. No tears, though. No, 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 just hurt. Um, but it's up pixelchickengaming.com. There are some reviews, there are more reviews to come. There are like two that are almost done. Uh, I've been working on my Unravel review for like a month and a half, I think. That's what it feels like. Yeah, we'll get some more content going up there, some fun lists and things, and obviously we've got a lot more games coming out in the month of April mm-hmm. that we'll be, that I'm sure we'll all be playing, so. Yeah, yeah. So far, did we want to talk about anything we've been playing before we get right into it? Or? Let's get right into it. Just get and into then, it. And then what, with what time we have left, we'll, we'll talk about it. So we've right. been doing themed episodes, and, uh... Usually once every other week, it seems like at this point, but uh, this week we're going to be talking about our favorite game feel. Any any mechanic, any uh, gimmick, any element to a game that enhances the feel, that, that just feels real, like stands out to, to each person. Um, some of these we all share, some of these are something we individually like. Yeah, these aren't like... These aren't necessarily like genre specific things or anything like that. Some of them are, but it's more like the little details, like like maybe two games in the exact same genre. One of them has something that sets it apart, just a little tiny thing that makes it, like you said, feel better. It's the and, essence. And one doesn't. So the the little things. Mm-hmm. The little things. So um, I guess uh, Phil. Yeah. Why don't you start us by just giving us your first one? Okay. Do we have to do it in order? Do whatever uh, you do want. What, whatever you feel. Well, you know like, what? Man. I'm gonna start going with a facial motion capture. Um, yeah. I I love looking at it. I always find it impressive. It's the kind of thing you see in Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, and Until Dawn. L.A. Noir and L.A. Noir. Yes. L.A. Noir was absolutely awe inspiring. It was really cool. I actually, in my opinion, L.A. Noir was too good. It was it was mm. so amazing that it made the world around it look a little bland. It was <laughs> weird. That, you mean the facial animations? Yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. they were a little uncanny uncanny valley type of feel. Because I felt like they were really detailed, and the world's like three D models weren't necessarily. It was still in the GTA Four engine. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, but 
But yeah, it's still a good pick for. But they really brought their performances out by doing that. Well, they gave actual performances. <laughs> yeah, they gave actual performances. They were they were there acting, and that's just one of the things that that I love about these sorts of games. Yeah, it really adds to the. I mean, in this day and age, you know, we we have so many games that are very story driven, very mm-hmm. emotionally uh, charged, and you know, when you have the when you see a character and they're like exerting all this emotion and stuff in their voice, but then you see their face and it's just kind of static and mm-hmm. not really doing much. It, it sort of takes you out of the experience. Yeah. You can't take it seriously. You are almost a gel sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But here, it's it's just there, you know. In uh, Heavy Rain and Tell Dawn, Beyond Two Souls are all really compelling stories. But the but the acting, I was I was oh, I was inspired by the the acting and um, especially in Heavy Rain and also Beyond Two Souls. Owen Page is great in that. Heavy Rain's amazing. William Defoe. I didn't see. I didn't I expect to see him. I still played uh, Beyond Two Souls. He's in it, and he's awesome. They're, he's awesome in everything, I except owned... for when he's getting his dick crushed. I don't want to see that. Oh I, I I've owned the collector's edition of that game because it was like five dollars mm-hmm. for some reason at GameStop, and uh, I've owned it for like a year and a half now, and I still haven't popped it in. Well, I recommend it, but yeah, I love Heavy Rain. So, I love facial motion capture. Heavy Heavy Rain is actually, I would argue, like it's got some good acting in it. The acting, though, mostly just the voices. They're all French, and they're trying not to be. I didn't hear the French in them. Oh, it's there's some there's some clips you can find them online where the accent is so thick that it's like, what did he say? Mm-hmm. But they're like trying to sound like a New Yorker, but then this weird French slips through, and it's like Whoa. I never noticed. Yeah. But oh, I, I noticed. their emotions it's, are there. It's though. weird. No, it's great. It's just like I don't know how good of actors they are, but for whatever they were doing for Heavy Rain, it really I thought it really worked. Some people do not like that part of Heavy Rain. They thought it was forced or corny. I think that it was just right. Like it was a little corny, but it's, that game is special. It added a charm to it. Yeah. But most yeah. importantly, the, the like you said, the facial motion capture was really astounding. That game. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very good. And uh, Until Dawn, I think, did it the best for for uh, actor capturing. Because you look at the actors that they hired, um, two, one or two of which I'd actually recognize from other things. Uh, and a lot of the actors look just like their characters it's mm-hmm. just insane except for the detective he looks surprisingly different yeah hmm. interesting um, yeah it was cool seeing the behind the scenes clips that you'd unlock mm-hmm. as you played the game and then be like holy shit that looks that's the person like mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but some of them talk different like the Asian lady like she's just like I'm a god hand it's just a prank and then, like, you see her, her interview, and she's, like, smoking hot, and she doesn't talk like that at all. <laughs> she's the only person that was the, the, the opposite of... Yeah. <laughs> at least of the character personality. Everybody else's, like, characters still sound... Like, the, the guy Josh, he just, he just sounds like a mm-hmm. real, like, a stoner. He's just, like, his eyes are always just squinting, <laughs> just, like, kind of yeah. faintly saying things, and falling asleep and it's just that's just his actor like that's just his actor's the, thing like the he's private like that detective. in everything he's in the private detective had like nose rings and shit he looks like he was gonna he looks like a biker in real life hmm. it's just interesting because I don't think that they've had many people come in to do a video game for like voice casting or acting where they actually like just applied their own personality to the character and just had it actually apply. You know, they, that happens in movies a lot with, like, famous actors, like, you know, 
Tom Cruise or whatever, where they're just they're themselves, and that works. And like you know, you go and you see a movie with Tom Cruise, he's gonna sound like Tom Cruise probably, except for the start of Valkyrie. But like like this, you, you probably you probably don't recognize like you know voice actors who just well I guess Nolan North. And then when I take it back, <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you next? I don't know. Am Go I? Ahead. Yeah. Um, I like dodging. I'm curious about this. You have smooth dodges on here. Yeah. Explain that to me. Smooth dodges. I'm sure I'll know what you mean. I, I really just meant like tight, snappy dodging. Uh, I love a good dodge mechanic, and specifically Bayonetta and ah, Souls. Bayonetta. Good. So yeah, uh, so that's exactly okay. when you said that. I was thinking, oh, he must be talking about like Bayonetta. House. Yeah, okay, that makes me think of Symphony of the Night. You can do that with uh, Alucard. And yeah, like with Bayonetta, you can like dodge through an attack and stuff, and and there's something like to the to the second like. Like, the the game just, like, slows down in a way. It turns into witch time or Well, whatever. yeah, witch, witch time happens, but not just that. Like, like there's this brief slowdown when you actually register the dodge, where it's, like, quick dodge and then slow, and then you when you land on your feet, then witch time pops. There's something about the little slow-mo before the witch time mm-hmm. that just, like, because it makes you, that, that time you're still, like, kind of controlling so you feel like more in control of the timing and of the dodge. So it's like you're in that, that game is just perfect timed dodges. You feel like a demigod, just like <laughs> dodge, 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 and everything works out. It's like really hard to miss a dodge, but it looks like you're a pro. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels really, really good. I remember it. Yeah. That, that that's a really good point. I'm and trying the, to think of some other good examples of of, of good dodge. Souls game. Bloodborne ah. is my favorite for dodging because. It's um, it's quick. It's not a, it's not a roll. It's a lunge or a leap and, and a roll. But in the other Souls games, the dot the rolls are really they're longer, but they're yeah. slow. There's nothing better than playing, uh, a, in this example, Bloodborne. Than playing Bloodborne and like fighting a boss, and you have them down to like one hit or one combo maybe, Ooh. and they go for like this fucking huge sweeping attack that'll kill you if it if it hits. And then you just miss it, and know that but that you have enough time before they recover that you can kill them. Like that, that dodge is like yes. <laughs> now you will die. <laughs> <laughs> One example of dodging that I remember is actually very stressful dodging. I remember playing uh, Mega Man Legends, and um, always getting my ass kicked with boss fights. But I would get into rhythm where I would hit the rolling mechanic button. And that's how I pretty much dodged everything that was thrown at me, but it was hard to do sometimes. I usually felt grateful. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 one of my favorite skill mechanics in any game. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not a twitch aimer, I'm not I'm not very good at, at deep strategy or whatever, but man, I just love getting dodging. Oh, here's like, a good dodge mechanic. Fight night. It's completely different and out of the way. <laughs> but when you dodge someone's like like huge haymaker and you dodge it perfectly and it opens up that little window where you can hit them with a counter that's pretty satisfying I haven't played I know Fight Night in forever I know it's completely like different than what you're talking about but it's hey it's a dodge it, no it counts it works it's really good too <laughs> works for me dude Fight Night I remember I my friend left his copy in my Xbox and he was obsessed with that game and he lived in California I drove back I just played the shit out of it I got the full 1000 Round, oh, round was, three, yeah, 
Yeah, round three was easy to get the full 1,000 because you just had to go through career mode yeah. and finish it, and it gave you 1,000. But, but I remember I texted him. I was like, I got your fight, and I was like, how the fuck did that happen? This is my friend who never swore on me because was, I was much younger than him. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time I ever heard him swear. you fucking kidding me. <laughs> he really wanted that fight night back. So did you have to mail it to him? Yes. <laughs> I still beat career mode. Good for you. Nice. I, I like to think that you waited until you beat it to tell him. I totally did. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Played for like a week. Uh, let's see here. Were you? Did you have any more for dodging? You go. Um, let me pick the game. I might just go in order. So, I have ragdoll physics, and along with that, I feel like it's kind of the same um, sort of category is the euphoria physics engine by natural motion. Oh, I thought you just meant the euphoria of, of seeing somebody go <laughs> right. fly. No. Um, I it, it's basically like a more advanced version, but it's like you know it was in GTA and Red Dead and uh, Force Unleashed. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that secondly. But so ragdoll physics, um, I still have like these memories. I think the first couple games I ever played with ragdoll physics that I can remember at least were Minority Report <laughs> <laughs> for. Um, either for the PS2 or regular Xbox. Oh my gosh. I yeah. forgot that was a game. Yeah, yeah it was a game. Was and a game. also... And it was um, kind of okay, right? Yeah, it was. And Max Payne 2, I remember, had a good mixture of Ragdoll physics and, like, Havoc physics. Hmm. And it was, like, one of the first shooters I played that had both. And so, I love Ragdoll physics, and I, d- I don't know why. I can't tell you, like, a tangible thing of why I love them so much, but something about... Not knowing what's going to happen when you like blast an enemy or something, yeah. And that that feeling of watching something cool happen that wasn't scripted <laughs> and just happened because of the engine and you caused it, I, I feel like that's awesome. Like I'm like for an example, you know, playing a game and like shooting a guy and he falls off a roof, like ragdolls yeah. down and falls and then like hits something else and falls further, yeah. or like blasting an enemy and they like fly into another enemy or something like that. I, I just, I always love things like that. I, I remember Minority Report was not a good game. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But I can remember playing that game for hours in this one level you go, you're in like an office, and it had a physics engine too for objects as well as ragdoll physics. And you could go in and it had like a ton of cheat codes nice. and stuff. So you go in there and just be like invincible and just blast guys down like they'd go flying through glass and like into tables and stuff and i was just blown away like i had never seen anything like this so i thought it was so cool and uh and then euphoria is a physics engine. it's like ragdoll but it's more um it's more i guess it simulates like a human yeah, it's more grounded and it's more uh, realistic because it kind of simulates a human body more, and they're they're actually like react to things, like they get hit in the shoulder and like you know hold their shoulders. So that's like in Red Dead. Yeah, like in yeah. Red Dead. Um, and I can remember when I was young, I I don't remember how I stumbled across it, but I found Natural Motion had like uh, these demonstration videos and stuff that for for Euphoria Physics Engine. And I remember watching them mm-hmm. and thinking, wow, that is, like, so cool. That's the future. That's that's so awesome. I'd go on their website and, like, watch these tech videos about their technology and think, man, that's so cool. It's, 
You know, I wonder, and, and they they even said, like, on their website, this is going to look for this in the future. It's going to be in games and stuff, but they wouldn't say which ones. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, that, that that was so awesome, and I was so excited to see it. And then I was really excited for GTA 4, obviously, and then they announced that that was going to have, like, Neuphoria physics, and I was like, holy shit. It's just yes. like, GTA, I love. <laughs> Euphoria, I love it. Man, <laughs> this game's awesome. going to be the best, and... Um, yeah, it, it makes for some kind of awkward situations, but it, it also makes for some really cool stuff. Like, like I remember in Red Dead playing it, and uh, a guy tried to, like, steal my horse or something, and I, like, knocked him off the horse, and he was, like, standing up on a hill, and I, I knew what was going to happen. Like, this was, like, my perfect opportunity to make something awesome happen. <laughs> so I, like, blasted him in the chest, like, the one area I thought would make him fall back you know further mm-hmm. and he like tumbles down the hill but he's like trying to catch himself Dude. you know kind of <laughs> so it's not just like they ragged all down the hill yeah. and look like a you know just hold cartwheeling <laughs> yeah this guy's like actively trying to like you know kind of catch himself and brace for the fall as he's like rolling down the hill and it's it just stuff like that is is awesome i think nice. i remember red dead really sets itself up well for the first like the bollard gang out outpost that you take down mm-hmm. like right at the very start and there's just the the mexican on the on the up on the tall was it a tower or a rock formation and he's got his sombrero and like I think everybody gets a cool death there at the start yeah. of the game I remember I, I you shoot his hat off and then then he falls and tumbles and it's yeah. like that was that's for me was when I noticed like holy shit this game <laughs> yeah exactly and that, and it's funny because like I remember Max Payne 2 like I was talking about before it was one of the first games that I played with not only ragdoll physics but also like uh, physics engine for the objects and stuff too and they had a few situations in the very beginning of the game where it totally, like, sets up this awesome scenario. Because you remember in Max Payne, you'd shoot, like, the last enemy out of a group, and it would go into slow-mo and show them, like, fly back. Yeah. Well, in this part, I remember there's, like, a shelf behind this guy with, like, a bunch of shit on it, like, paint cans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, like, blast him with your guns, and it goes into slow-mo and shows him, like, flying back into the shelf and slowly tumbling down, and all this shit falls on nice. top of him. And I remember seeing that and being like, wow. I made that happen. That is so cool. Was Euphoria the same engine from that was in that trailer for uh, Indiana Jones game? Yes. Okay. The the canceled Indiana Jones yeah. game. They also had another. They the natural motion that made uh, Euphoria. They also had another technology that was used in Force Unleashed for like destructible environments. Like objects would break realistically and things like that, depending on what they were made of, and it was going to be in that Indiana Jones game. That's that's a great example because that was uh, Indiana Jones. That may have actually been the first game that I saw that used it yeah. because they showed it in the videos and stuff. And I think that was before Force Unleashed. They had like the old timey announcers like Euphoria Physics Engine. Yeah, <laughs> watch Indy beat up bad guys, and yeah. he like throws them into the bunch of Chinese dudes, and, and they, they try to catch themselves. To like they try to catch themselves and like, hold on to. Yeah, kind of like in GTA Four when you steal someone's car and they try to hold yes. hold on to the handle. <laughs> so for me, that was well, freshman year of high school or eighth grade when that trailer came out and wanted that game to come out so bad i that was that's one of the biggest like heartbreaking cancellations Mm -hmm. for me is because because i loved emperor's tomb so much in indiana jones games if you're if they're done right they just work i mean i don't think it just it just works i just i can't believe that that one got canceled though because it's not like it's not like that 
needed like a big buzz or something for a following. Like it's just it's just gonna sell a yeah. fine. And... It could have been like the tech the videos they showed. Yeah. It could have just been that like twelve different in twelve different areas, and I would have loved it. Like <laughs> Emperor's Tomb set itself up really well for a next gen title, and they fucking didn't uh, do it. Indiana Jones. God, it's like he's just begging to be in video games. It's like the perfect IP. And they've done him really well, like yeah. three times. But they haven't done it in the modern era. Why? Why? It would be so fucking great. It'd be great if they did the same thing with Indiana Jones that they did with Ghostbusters. Like, just make a new game. Make it the official uh, fifth movie or maybe fourth movie that takes place before Crystal Skull and just make a great game from that. And that's the other thing, man. I thought Indiana you were going to say, have it be a woman. Just <laughs> No, no. That's the other thing with Indiana Jones. Go, it's so easy to make. It's yeah. so easy to make original stories from, from him. I mean, he's just, he's just an archaeologist. Yeah. It, can, it can be fucking anything. <laughs> the, the story in Emperor's Tomb and all the places you go to in that game, you go all over. You go to China. You yeah. go to Prague. You go to... I mean, you're fighting through cool libraries in Prague one level, and the next you're in the underworld in China, and then you're in... The, fucking Mayan ruins. It's just an awesome game. You could do anything as Indiana Jones. You just remake Emperor's Tomb, I'd be happy. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Remake Emperor's Tomb with today's technology. Yeah. It's like level for level and it would be sweet. <laughs> what's your what's next on your list? Uh uh my list, uh, I guess I'll go with Actually, Phil it, Phil has more. So Oh, sorry. Was Phil next? Yeah. Phil. Uh, yeah. Whoa, jeez, Phil. Well, no. Well, man, Phil, Phil yell at me. But killed someone. Doesn't, doesn't take turns. <laughs> it's okay. You're a batch of bastards. Um, I deserve it. It's all good. So anyway, um, this subject it really falls into uh, Stryker's subject. It was kind of fell into ragdoll physics in, in Euphoria a bit. I'm gonna go ahead and broaden it a bit. We all love playing Red Dead Redemption, as uh, we've mentioned before. One of the things that I did all the time playing Red Dead Redemption was collecting bounties. Why I love doing it, I would shoot down all the guys that protected the main bounty. Then i get on my horse, get my rope, get a rope around the guy, tie him up, and then drag him around for a couple seconds <laughs> with my horse before finishing up, putting him on my horse, and taking him back to the sheriff. I did it every single time. As a matter of fact, I think probably 70% of my time playing Red Dead Redemption, the first time playing it, was collecting bounties and doing that. I loved it. It was so satisfying to just drag a guy. Yes, around. and sometimes just making him your bitch. Sometimes every once in a while, if like you'd get going like perfectly, they'd hit like a stone or something and kind of yeah. fly up in the yes. air and come back down. And sometimes uh. you would shoot a guy on a horse, and it just so happens that his foot would get caught on a oh. rope, and the horse would drag him for a while, and you would hear the you would hear him going whoa whoa whoa, and it was just. It's funny as hell. I love that. So great. Um, So yeah, I love the almost every side mission, every little activity that comes with playing Red Dead. I'm not a big fan of the gambling though, but I I just love getting in trouble and just finding all the little adventures that you can go on playing that game. I loved one thing about the gambling is when other people were playing it, and I could drop down from the rafters on their table and shoot them in the fucking face. (laughs) Did you know that? If you, uh, I'm sure you did. Bollard gang guys, if they're in town and they're wearing their hats and you shoot them in the fucking face, 
no one cares <laughs> because they're pieces of shit. Yeah, so it's like every time I'd start, like, like, and not even like I was going on a rampage. Like every time I'd start up, like a mission or die, I just like kind of walk through the saloon. It's the first saloon in the game. Just walk over to the railing, just jump it, and you land perfectly on their poker table and just. It's like one of them isn't a baller gang guy. So you don't shoot him. Just the guys with hats. And nobody cares. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, all right, and you just, just well, go about your business. Fuckers, so. Every time you respawn, they're there. You just do it. <laughs> dragging, a, dragging a guy from your horse. That's something that will... That will never be in another game. Yeah, I know. That's that's the one mechanic that... Unless there's... I mean, when it'll, there'll be another Red Dead, there, hopefully. And that will be in it. They're announcing something this year. Anyway. So you, can't, uh, you can't uh, tie people up and then throw them on train tracks either. In other games. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That is very true. It looks like in '64 graphics when they get hit. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That was a good pick, Phil. Yes. Uh, the was it mine or Star? Yeah, it's yours. yours. All right, Jan boy. I'm gonna pick um, microwave cooker. Explain this. To <laughs> <me>. <laughs> so. <laughs> In um, Ghost Recon Online, the free-to-play shooter, first of all, it's really good. You may not have thought this, but you'd be wrong. It's fun. It's like a sci-fi Ghost Recon. Well, there's this class that, for some reason, has this backpack that just pops out. You get, like, thermal goggles that just attach, and then your backpack just pops out this fucking massive array like, there's these satellite dishes and stuff just, like, come out. And you just, like, highlight an area in your heat vision goggles. And you just burn you just burn it. Like, microwave. Like, invisible heat. You just cook people a lot. Nice. And so, you just see a room full of, of online players. And you just cook them. <laughs> and, nice. and so, that class became the cooker class. And uh, we call them the chef. And... And, uh, yeah, how do you, you get, kill these guys? You, just, you cook them. You cook no, them how do you guys them. who are cooking you? Hmm? How do you kill people who are a part of that class? You shoot them in the fucking face. You shoot them in the cooker. You shoot them in their cooker, man. <laughs> All right. I guess it's simpler than I thought. Shoot the fucking uh, cooker. <laughs> they're really powerful. And, and like, all of a sudden, you just start losing health. You'll be like, oh, I'm getting cooked. And then you'd be running around with your friends online. I'm getting cooked. <laughs> you just drop the, when, in StarCraft, the, the, the flamer guys would be like, oh, my goose is getting cooked. <laughs> you always make, like, the Tom Hardy grunt. Did you say that? I don't know. It's just the microwave cooker was really satisfying to use. It's amazing. It's just this bizarrely over-the-top thing, and it made me realize what I want in the future is a, is a real life cooker, that a real can. life microwave backpack that cooks enemies, but not allies. Like you can have allies in the <laughs> same like fight, and they're just like, "Eh, it doesn't bother me." This is nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my I want to see this in action. I'm gonna have to look this up after we're done recording. It's just it's fairly simple, but like when you kill like five people with it in a row, it's like mm, cooking. Yeah. <laughs> just pop nice. like popcorn. Hmm. Okay, let's see here. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, God. I feel like a lot of these kind of go together. I'm going to say free running. And uh, uh, free running, um, parkour mechanics, things like that. I, I think the first game that I ever played that had a sort of system that 
resembled what we have nowadays was Prince of Persia, Sands yeah. of Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it had like it. It I guess it took like platforming and it kind of made put it in a more realistic approach, not just jumping really high from point to point, but but actually like you know running up walls and which isn't realistic, but you know what I mean. It made you feel cool as hell. Yeah, you feel cool as hell, and it's a bit more cinematic, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. Um, and then that kind of evolved into other games like... All right. Um, anyway, Mirror's Edge probably had the coolest like display of, of um, free running because it was first person. So like when you jump off a building and roll, and you'd like the camera would whoop, you'd yeah. be all dizzy and stuff, but... Yeah, a lot of games have done it now, but I, I just really like that mechanic. I think it's fun. It makes traversal fun. A lot of games have played with it, like, in online, which is kind of cool. It makes you feel pretty badass. Like, I'm trying to think of a good example. What game was it where you, like, could do the slide and shoot? Is that Call of Duty? Like, Black Ops? Um, oh, no, that's... Advanced Warfare? Was it more recent? Well, so, actually, so the slide crisis. and shoot, believe it or not... I don't know about Call of Duty, but um, Ghost Recon Online. Did I? Because I, I know I told you about the slide and shoot. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, and and for I feel for, like I played something else that did it too. For that game though, for Ghost Recon, for like a, a highly realistic. I, I would yeah, actually, I would actually list that as as another favorite feeling thing where you're just sprinting and you encounter an enemy and you both go oh and you just drop and you're just sliding. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I guess it doesn't have to be free running in. It, like specifically I, I guess I just mean more like just cool traversal mechanics like even Splinter Cell has some co- some instances where you can mix traversing the environment with killing enemies and it's just really fluid and it makes you feel badass and it and it's just a, it's just another cool way of feeling like you're in an, a sweet action movie yeah so I kind of like how Watch Dogs did that yeah, Watch Dogs is a good example because you climbed you a lot but you didn't like you weren't like a parkour pro I mean sometimes you kind of were but but you still moved like a, you still walked slow like a citizen, and yeah. something about it made you feel real badass. Well, the animations were really great too. Yeah. Like like the animations were just really fluid, the transitions and stuff. So there, I I guess there was kind of platforming in that when you go to like the towers and stuff, you'd have to kind yeah. of traverse the environment, and yeah, that game did a good job of making you feel pretty badass. Mm-hmm. So does uh, the division also has a lot of city climbing? There's a lot of of climbing that you can do. Oh, the Watchdogs was fun when you would have to chase guys. Yes, because that was a good showcase for the traversal mechanics in that game. They were very fluid. That's a good example. But uh, that's mine. Cool. Traversal mechanics, sweet. Um, Phil, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with limit breaks. And this really includes any super special move in um, m- notably Final Fantasy games. Um, I put Limit Breaks down because I have a lot of memories of times where a Limit Break has saved my butt. You see, I'm not the kind of guy that grinds enough when he plays a JRPG. I usually suck at them. For some reason, there was a point in time where I, I forced myself to play them. And I like them. I just, I'm just not as good at them as other people are. So what I would do is I'd wind up in these situations where I would be taking on this huge boss and all my potions were gone, all my characters were dying, and lucky enough I would have it would be right the right time for a limit break in Final Fantasy VII and it would be Cloud's Omni Slash or somebody's limit break and by a hair because of that damn limit break 
it would save the entire fight, and I would win by this much. And that so was those just, of you that can't see, he's his fingers are about a half inch, his his index finger and his thumb about ooh, a half inch. Yes. So that only that much, just that much. Half and that kind of just entails how how great I was at RPGs in general. So the limit break, the limit breaks were just like the super special moves that were yes. had a really low chance of happening, mm-hmm. or you had to. How did they work? You did built you build them up? up? You oh, built them up. But if you take heavy damage, um, then they're just going to increase drastically. So they build up faster if you take more damage. Yeah, if you take huge hits, they build up a lot faster. It's like a fighting game. You take a hit, right. you give a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, that's a that's a good example. It's like that in the Final Fantasy uh, MMO as well. It's a little different, but the the whole party gets a limit break, mm-hmm. and uh, so you keep building it up. And if you're in a raid with like twelve people or whatever, it, you get like a double limit break, like a super crazy one. Mm-hmm. But the only you know each class has their own type of limit break. So it's like, well, for this one, we need the healer to do this insane god heal double limit break. But but if you use it. It's gone for the next, you know, 30 minutes or so. Ooh. And so, so like, sometimes you'll see some dumbass, just, he'll, he'll hit F5 and just use the limit break and just waste it and just, you see 11 people just, oh! <laughs> no, <laughs> fucked everything up. But yeah, it's, it's a great lifesaver uh, in hard bosses. A lot of fun. Summons, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Uh, summons, summons, they save your butt. Definitely. I always loved Ifrit and Odin from Final Fantasy VIII. He was always so cool to see. He would happen at random, though, but when he showed up, he killed the boss, like, automatically. And I remember that getting my dad out of some tight spots. So, yeah, there's uh, one of my favorite parts of a game, which is uh, Limit Breaks. And I really just call them Limit Breaks all around, even though that's not what they're called in other games. Yeah, I get you, though. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess I'm next, and I'm going to pick... Hmm. Hmm. Uh, good cover systems. Ugh. I love a good cover system. So, man, Gears of War like came out no six, and it perfected the cover system. That was like, a real big in thing. Its yeah. First try. <laughs> it just not I don't, only did it perfect the cover system, but I feel like it changed. It it, it kind of changed the landscape. Like other games started immediately trying to. Mimic that, yeah. Um, it redefined. It did. It redefined. Through, yeah, that's a good way of describing it. But no, um, no, no third-person shooter. I feel has the same gravitas as like a. Well, some did, but um, like, like it took a while for them to to get what Gears of War had. Like mm-hmm. it was so ahead of its time. It's so amazingly ahead of its time. Yeah, it's just it's unreal. I um, mean, you you can play it now, and it's still so refined and. And perfect, the cover yeah. system. Yeah, it, it feels, just works. If, yeah, it just works. It's just, um, yeah, and so so Gears of War was one of them, and then games have built off of that. Most recently, The Division has a fantastic cover system. It's the best part of the game, mechanics-wise. Uh, there is, uh, basically, you dig into cover like Gears of War, but you can look over at all these other pieces of cover, and you see an X. That is so... Ugh, I love that. So you hold X down for, and, and you start to just auto sprint towards it. Well, what's amazing is that if there's any other cover in the way or any junk in the way or like a car, you just hop it. 
You just, That's great. You path. You you, you pathing. Great. It's a sprint, and you crouch. So it's like kind of like how Splinter Cell did it. That's that's similar to what how the latest two Splinter Cells had a cover system. Yeah, that's right. You would point to. You would like look it, and it would highlight if it was a place you could go and cover. Yeah, and uh, so so it's got that, which is phenomenal. Um, it looks like. It honestly looks like they ripped it straight out of the trailer for Rainbow Six Patriots that never came out. Mm. Do you remember the yeah. how the combat looked? Yeah, the pretty much. It's funny. I, the what they designed for that game clearly just spilled into Watch Dogs and Division. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I think Division was kind of maybe a replacement project. Maybe they wanted Patriots to be the Division. I don't know. But anyways, maybe they, yeah. I, I I would. It would make sense that they just wanted to be a new IP. Yeah, because it was so different. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great cover system, um, and just makes a third person shooter feel completely different. I mean, going from from Uncharted One didn't have a cover system, right? It it, 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 it kind of had one. It did. It just wasn't. It wasn't the great. same. Yeah, it, it was still very much felt like a, a third person shooter where you were just running around, I guess, in combat, where you like run and gun a lot, mm-hmm. um, which. You still kind of do in... You definitely don't do as much in Gears, but now there's third-person shooters with cover systems that are like heavily built on the cover system. Right. Uh, it's just a lot more moving around th- through through uh, cover, which changes the whole mechanic of how much health you have and yeah. how intense it is. It's, it's, so when I think of like a bad cover system, I feel like this is the first mechanic we've talked about where there's a good and a bad. Resident Evil you know? 5 had a bad cover system. Resident Evil oh, 5 terrible. had a horrible cover system. It was so tagged on, too. It was like they went into the game after it was already developed and were like, oh shit, we yeah, need a cover Gears system. Gears of War, fuck. Yeah. And they, so they put it in there and it was like, it just felt shoehorned I li- in. I like how I predicted that before. <laughs> the game wasn't even designed for it. So it, it was like, in, it was wasn't it only like three levels or something. Yeah, like, something yeah, like, like that. It was such a pain in the ass. It just wasn't even useful. I mean, you just lock into one little wall. That's the one wall type, and there's like yes. five of them. In the I wanted area. to choke the developers for doing that. They put guns. They gave them guns too, and that pissed me off as well. I couldn't. I don't like when games don't have a good transition between cover. Like that's that's really important. I think that's what makes a good cover system is is when you don't get in those situations where you like try and get around a corner, but you just jump out in the fucking middle of gunfire instead because the system's badly made or something like that, so... Yeah. Yeah, like, Gears of War, that was perfect. Division sounds like it's really good. Splinter Cell, like I said, was really good because you just point to the place you want to go and hit a button. So, yeah, the transitions are what I feel like makes it good and bad. Now now it's almost like with third-person shooters, you have to have a cover system Mm -hmm. of some sort. It's just norm. You know, it's like the rock, the Rockstar ones are okay. Yeah, yeah, not, they've gotten better. They've gotten better. I like them. GTA, GTA Five was was it got it got improvement. It was an improvement. They, yeah, they function. They have they have moments, but they also have a lot of bad moments. Yeah, they also have a lot of wonkiness. They do. Yeah. So, but uh, um, mm-hmm. did you have anything else about the mm-hmm. coverage? Mm-hmm. Kill Switch. Did you ever play Kill Switch? Mm-mm. I was like the. I was like the. That was the first. It was more of like yeah, a, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like an on rails game, but it was it had like a great cover system. Really? Yeah, it came out like way. It came out before Gears. It was like two thousand four or five, but it was supposed to be pretty good. Was it based on the band? No. no. 
I um, typed in kill switch and, and kill switch engage did come up. Kill switch engage is like the fucking coolest name ever. It is I a wish it was just name. a game instead. It's the sequel, that's what they should call it. Um, let's see, what else have I got in here? So, um I have fighting game environmental interaction. Now this this one is specific to a genre. This is specific to fighting games. And yes. what I'm talking about here is it it's you know, it's different depending on the game. I'm thinking like like the ones that I think are the coolest were like uh you know, obviously it started early on with Mortal Kombat, you could do like level fatalities, you know. So that's kind of in the interaction. But what I'm talking about is like Dead or Alive. I remember the first time I played Dead or Alive three at uh, my neighbor's house because he got an Xbox like way before I did and I went over there and played Dead or Alive 3 and um, like you know you you can like punch people through to different levels uh, or different levels of the stage or like punch them down below that was always cool or like knock them down a bunch of stairs and some of them were crazy like you'd fucking punch them off a like a 4,000 foot cliff (laughs) I love the ones that do that kind of thing but like they don't take that much damage. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah. about. Like something that would clearly just you just turn into mush at the bottom yeah. and they <laughs> take away like a quarter of their health. <laughs> um, but man, I used to love that so much. I just thought it was like the coolest thing, and I wish more games did it. I remember this game called Tao Fang. It was called Tao Fang Fist of the Lotus. Yeah, I think like one of the remember creators that? of Mortal Kombat one made it. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, John Tobias, who who developed the original Mortal Kombat games, he left and went on to develop this game, and it had a bunch of like environmental attacks that you could do, and it was it was really cool. A lot of games in like the Xbox PS2 era kind of played with that mechanic a lot, mm-hmm. like Def Jam Fight for New York. Yeah, New York. That's a another bunch one. of Mortal Kombat games too. Yeah, Mortal Kombat did. It had it had a similar thing, but two thousand three was the only era we could get away with a cover that looked like that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was like it was like a, a jokey like making like like kung fu movies. It was like a cheap kung fu movie kind of kind of appeal. But yeah, there was there's a lot Good of games physics. that have done done that. Um, I guess Street Fighter Five has the f- funny soup noodle. Yeah. Bullhead thing, but yeah, I wish more. I wish more fighting games would do that kind of stuff. I thought it was really fun, and with today's technology, it could be pretty awesome. So, I like that one. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I guess Phil. All right. So, I'm gonna go with Pretty Water. <laughs> yeah, Pretty Water. That's I mean, a good one. That's, yeah, Just Cause Three. Um. And uh, GTA Five, I like being able to swim in it, and I like being able to look at it. I remember when KOTOR came out, and that was that was it was at the time it was really great looking water, and um, and I just I looked at a pond, I looked at like whatever the ocean, I I would be at the Citadel or something, not the Citadel, but the the Jedi base, the main Jedi base, and there'd probably be some water there, and uh, I look at it for a minute, I just go, wow. Games have come so far. Yeah, that's some amazing water, dude. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like like really pretty water in games was that was like one of the first things I can remember where I felt like graphics were really coming mm-hmm. a long way. Because I, I can I can't remember what games like I can't remember any good examples right now, but I can remember being younger and playing some games in the 
maybe like the Xbox era, mm-hmm. and just stopping to look at the water and being like, "Holy shit!" Like that just the looks water real. in Uncharted when you're walking through oh. it, and it's actually you know, and and, and you're leaving streams with your feet. You're actually leaving streams with your feet, and yeah. it's. Uh, it's really cool to look at. Yeah, now now it's gotten to the point where like you're so used to it that it's not really that special anymore. Yeah. But it used it, it was a huge thing back in the day because for so long water just looked like just a blue matte texture yeah. that was like maybe moving a little bit. So it looked like it was Shit. a real. How the hell they do that? It became water became the way to like gauge the progress of, of um, physics and visual design yeah. in the game industry, and so it got like to the point where people were like, I don't fucking care about. Why? Why do so many people talk about water? Yeah, but it's just like it, it's it really the the room for improvement for water is probably bigger than most things mm-hmm. in game or in in graphics. So it's still getting better. And Dragon Age Inquisition has the best wave physics I've ever seen. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition had that one stormy hollow place, and uh, looks like like Scotland. But there's this one part where you're just overlooking and just this these huge stormy waves are just out there and it looks so unbelievably good. Oh my god. Hmm. But then you guys as the water gets closer to the shore it doesn't look as good. But, but yeah, <laughs> like I because the physics kinda of crap out and like, ah, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> but but like everything else in the big picture is like, wow. Yeah. Best water I've ever seen. Just Cause three is a good pick because Underwater in that game, looks, yes, looks. If I remember correctly, looks yeah, really great. It looks beautiful. Yeah, like you go underwater and you're like, "Wow, this is really pretty." <laughs> and then you start to drown. And you're like, "Oh fuck it!" <laughs> try to get up as quickly. I as you discovered can. the water in a very strange way. I literally sunk through the island. I sunk mm. literally. It was a huge bad glitch. It was a really <laughs> bad glitch. But that's how I discovered the water, and I swam back. You know how I, I discovered the water? How I was flying a helicopter to a small island so I could blow up, you know, enemy bullshit. Yeah. And uh, I forgot which button it was to do the boost <laughs> in the helicopter. Out. I jumped the fuck out, <laughs> and I had to swim for about ten minutes. God I feel like it. to get to the island, which was that's a pain bullshit. in the ass. But the whole time I was like, man, this sucks, but. God damn, that's pretty water. <laughs> so great. That's a good pick, Phil. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, let's see. Combo ranking system. Uh, this is. I love any ranking system, and sometimes it's a little stressful. But to me, adding a game mechanic that that ranks how you did makes everything now, worth, feel worth doing. Are we talking about like Devil May Cry, like? Yeah, fucking awesome. So, so the Devil May Cry is is my best example of what I love the most. Um, if it wasn't for the ranking system in Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, I wouldn't enjoy it half as much. Like I know how I'm doing, mm. and I it, it pushes me to to try because you get ranked, especially on harder modes with harder enemies. Um, you get ranked for the variety of moves. So it's mm-hmm. not just how you did. Like, so if you use every single move in your repertoire to kill one guy, rather than just spam him in a corner, uh, you get a great rating and you get points, so you can get a new moves. So and it's it just like, feels good when yeah, you do it. It feels good, but like the game by by doing that, it teaches you how to not play it like an idiot. Because growing up, I played all my hack and slashes completely different. Like, like, like whenever I play God of War, because it doesn't have that, I just. Like with the same couple buttons, yeah, and and I guess that's kind of how the game's designed, uh, anyways. But but like I don't I don't like try to go all out. Like 
and and with the ranking system, it makes me really want to like. Otherwise, fighting like when I walk into an arena and a bunch of dudes pop up, now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm being tested, and I'm really you know I, I feel really like on edge, intense. You know, the battle is really. If I walk into a room and I'm not being tested and it's just kill the guys, however the fuck you feel like, man, like in God of War does, like God of War has some enemies that have really long health bars and there really isn't much of a purpose for that other than that they just wail on them for way too long. For the time, that was great, but... Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't um, encourage variety in yeah. the attacks, which Devil May Cry and Bayonetta do a great job of. Yeah, and I, I hope that more and more have, but I hope that uh, more people learn, learn from Platinum with the uh, yeah. you know with because because there's there's definitely been a lot of that. But Platinum loves ranking everything you do. They rank the well, level. They rank the, the it, thing. I think it's like it's one of those things like. When when those kind of games were really big, those you know action hack and slash third person games, um, they kind of got into this habit of like you'd get all these moves and these combos like square square x square triangle square x, and it would do like some cool combo and you'd be like oh that's pretty sweet you'd never do it again mm-hmm. because the game wouldn't encourage you through its you know scoring system or whatever to to. At to do variety and things yeah, like that. And it would never need really, to remember it. Yeah, it wouldn't reward you for it. Whereas when you played like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, like you said, based on the scoring system, you 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 have to you practice it, it through the load screen too. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bayonetta same. like forces you to learn all this cool stuff. Like, so not only do you get all these moves, but you but you use them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the ranking system, and it doesn't just apply to beat 'em ups, but like I feel like. Like there are a lot of games that like will rank you at the end of a mission, and um, Killer let's, Instinct. Yeah, <laughs> um, Ultra. <laughs> Sorry, that's a game I was recently. Uh, shit, mm. I was playing a game. Mm. Oh, Tao Fang, Fist of the Lotus. Fist of the Lotus. That was it. Damn it! No, you get ranked on all the missions that you do. And I was trying to compare my rankings, my S rankings, against my friends, and I was doing MGS better than yes. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid ranks your missions. I love that. Yeah, so I, like I love that too. I didn't love uh, all the parameters that got that. Sometimes it didn't make much sense, and sometimes they'd have a level where it's like it's eighteen hours long. Yeah, and the only way that you can get like a B is if you have beaten it once and do a speed run like. Yeah, it, the time bonus is so huge. I can remember uh, playing this game. I've I've talked about it a million times, but King of Colosseum. It's a wrestling game, mm-hmm. Japanese import, and uh, my cousin and I would would have matches on it, and it would give you a score of how good your match was based on different parameters, like how many kickouts there were from from pins, like close kickouts that were almost a three, but you just made it out. How much m- different variety of moves you'd do. And just like what you'd think of, like if you're watching a match and you know it ends, you're like, "Hmm, that was a really good match. It had this and this." So it's kind of based on that. Sometimes you get weird scores, but we always got excited. Like we'd have this awesome match that would last like 30 minutes, and then at the end we watch the meter fill up and be like, "Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on!" <laughs> One time we got 100, percent and we were like, "Yeah!" And it was some weird match that we thought was not that great, but whatever. Another uh, reason, one last reason why I like the score system is uh, um, the one thing I love about Resident Evil 5, actually. Uh, I beat Resident Evil 5 like three times because of that. Because I wanted to get the top medals on all the missions to get the achievements and to get the unlimited ammo for all the guns. 
to reduce my time to get the unlimited ammo rocket launcher and unlock all this stuff. So I was just constantly just really improving myself and speeding up my level play. I'd go revisit levels. Like, I never, I'm not big on replayability, but I love going back to improve a score. I like doing that. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, same here. Am I? The high score system has got to come back. Am I next? Yeah, yeah, you're next. Phil, um, what do you say we tag team a couple of these because they kind of go hand in hand? Okay. So you have on yours gore. Yes. Which is fitting for you because you love gore. But I have um, I on mine, I have bullet decals. Okay. So these kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. And, and I want to try and describe this without sounding sadistic. Mm, okay. And <laughs> not it's not going to be possible, but I'm going to I'm gonna try my best. Sick fun. So bullet decals. What I mean by that is... In a shoot, in an action game, you shoot an enemy, and there's a v- visible bullet hole mm-hmm. where you shot them. Mm-hmm. And this is already sounding really morbid. Who cares? <laughs> so, I, I, again, I can't tell you exactly like why what what satisfies me about that, but there is something satisfying about seeing an enemy like way far away and like picking them off, and maybe seeing like the on-screen. You know, some games have like an indicator when you hit an enemy, mm-hmm. like an X or something. Yeah, the cursor will change. So there's nothing more satisfying than like you're shoot, you're in a shootout, and you see an enemy kind of, and you like take a shot and see the indicator, and you're like, oh wow, I got him. It's because you want to feel like an action hero. And then you go, and then you go to look at him, and he's got like a bullet hole right in the middle of his head, and you're like, wow, that, I fucking did that. That's <laughs> awesome, and. I know it's I know it's weird, but I just like to see like a visual indicator of how accurate I am. I guess um, it always felt it always felt really cool to me. The Rockstar games like Max Payne, Red Dead, GTA, they always did a really good job of it, and it would be cool. They'd have like so they have some pretty nasty ones, like you'd shoot a guy in the face with a shotgun, and his head would like have this fucking crater in it. Oh, nasty! Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Soldier of Fortune two. Oh. God, which I don't think was technically a very good game, but I'm looking at footage right now. But like, yeah, you'd shoot people through the throat, and their throat would spill blood. And yeah, like, and their blah, head, blah. their head would like you could shoot off parts of their head in sections. Yeah, it was nasty. They're like spine kind of comes out. You, you, I remember like most important, impressive thing to me when I was in middle school was hearing that you could you could blow someone's hand in half. Like, you shoot them in the hand, and this, the hand, and they still have half a hand. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because so many uh, games, like, they just, they'd be really, like, simplistic. Yeah, they just... And then Soldier of Fortune, were, like, they had an actual, like, like system for it. They worked, like... They, <laughs> the only thing they designed in the game <laughs> yeah. properly. But I don't think anything... Well, no, me a few things do outdo this. But um, when I put gore on the list, I was thinking of Turok 2, and you get this drill gun, you ah. shoot a guy... And it, one hit, one hit, it'd finish you off. And um, his arms would, would blast off, and just endless blood would shoot out of that socket. The other arm would explode, and the legs, and then the 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 head. And you were just this, you were just this pile of flesh after that. It was very appealing to a sadistic young man, as my such as myself. There's something satisfying about the games that take it like way over the top. Yeah, I mean. Something feels rebellious about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like in, in, in a wonderfully charming and not, surprisingly not harmful way. Yeah. I, to me, when it's I... Just, it depends on the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because when I play a game that has like really over-the-top gore, like Mortal Kombat, to an extent, some of them are pretty crazy, but I almost feel like 
like nostalgic about it because it, it makes it feel more video gamey to me. Yeah. Like some people see that and they think, oh, that's too realistic and gruesome and like that's that's just too much. But I see it and I'm like, that's hilarious. Like yeah. that's funny to me. It makes it makes it feel like a video game. Yeah. Like they don't take it seriously. It's just it's funny and it's satisfying. The like Mortal Kombat X, some of the fatalities. Yeah, they, are, those are fucked up. They though. are fucked. They're up. so fucked up. Because graphics are getting better and better now. So the, I mean, the gore is just like. <laughs> like Doom, yeah. Watching the uh, multiplayer trailer just this forcing week, forcing the giant demon to shoot himself <laughs> in the face. Oh god, it was great. And like jumping on the demon and fucking blasting him, and, st- and or as the demon, he grabbed the person and like didn't he like bite his head off or something, something like that. But uh, Phil, did you see the new alternate Doom cover? No, I didn't. You should look it up. It's yeah, so it's, fucking it's really cool. sweet. I love it. Okay. Man, I'm so stoked for. Doom, but um, yeah, and then uh, Gears of War. Uh, oh yeah, the, Gears of War. How the chainsaw. The of chainsaw course. defined my life. We were in middle school when that game came out. We were in the eighth grade. We I hated Halo Two, but we'd play it all the time. It was Halo Two party all the time. That game came out. I didn't know much about it. Hadn't seen it at all. In fact, we hadn't really played any real 360 games. We, my friends had 360s, but we never played anything other than like a couple crappy launch titles. Well, Gears of War, uh, was granted, was like... A year, if that, later. Yeah, and it was like the first big title. Yeah. They didn't, the 360 didn't have a great lineup at the it first had, like, while. It had like Elder Scrolls and some other... Yeah. Which at the time was very pretty, but... Um, yeah, so, so you, you, you get into Gears of War... And we just start up a 1v1 multiplayer match with because we, we thought it was going to be four-player co-op. We were, really, we were really disappointed that you couldn't do that. And uh, and so we're like, what was it? So imagine eight or so eighth graders surrounding this TV and just like, wow, this is, this is the prettiest game I've ever seen by far. And just like slowly running. Man, the running's fucking slow in this game. And it's just like, oh, is that you? Yeah. It's like, what did you do? I don't know. I don't know how I did that. Like, he didn't. Nobody didn't mean to do it. He just fucking chased. We didn't know it was a feature in the game. It was just the biggest eighth grade like freak out. (laughs) Everybody was screaming. It's like, that's awesome. That chainsaw, I've done it 10,000 times, I think. It never gets old. Never gets old. I love it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's the other fun thing about those kind of games. Like, like Doom, the close-up kills are always fun. Oh, here's a good a good gore game, The Punisher. Of course. Oh God, I played it so much at your house. I played the shit. I beat that game it's like five times. It's a good freaking game. Oh, it was so fun. You could just gore the shit out of guys. <laughs> I'm trying to think of good examples. That game was known obviously for its like like environmental kills and like interrogations. Mm-hmm. You could like. I remember this one. There was like a drill press that you'd like <laughs> lower onto a guy, and you'd get it closer and closer to get him to give up the information. And then at the end, you could let him go or just fucking kill him. <laughs> and uh, oh, there's a bunch. There's a level in a zoo where you like hold a guy up against a cage, and a rhino <laughs> charges and <laughs> smashes into him. Um, and also in the zoo level, you throw guys into like a pool of piranhas. Yes. And they, they eat their corpse, and uh, man, that game had just some ridiculous ones, but it was so much fun. The developers had a lot of fun writing that game, I'm sure. Oh, it was just, it was, it was like, <laughs> it was just like a, like a silly, I don't know, it was just so over the top, it was awesome. Um, so, bullet decals and gore. 
Bullet to Cows and Gore. That's us. Hell yeah. Um, I have Landing a Crit. Mm. And this varies from game to game. Some games, like, you build up your stats to, like, make it just gypped when you crit. Like, like if you just roll that dice roll and you see the numbers fly, whether it be a shooter, like, in the Division or an RPG, where your crits, like, are 800,000 times percent. Like, sometimes you get a fancy animation for some games, like Fire Emblem. Bloodborne. Uh, Bloodborne's crits are pretty pretty brutal. But when you just land that hit, and it just, you know, games that have enemies just explode into chunks, or crits are so wonderful. I love the crit mechanic because there's always a chance. That, it's always satisfying. Yeah. Crits. And, and in strategy games, when there's a crit chance, it's even more satisfying because it could be your last hope. Like, I have a 20% chance to crit, and that's the only way I'm going to kill him and survive. And... You do, and it's you get like a brutal over-the-top animation. Like in Fire Emblem, you just you know they flip their sword around a lot and they impale the person a hundred times over and their armor shatters and they fly in slow motion. It's like, oh thank god. But <laughs> XCOM, same thing, they'll just like decimate the alien with their gun. But uh yeah, it's a good feeling. And in a crit. I like that one. Um, what else? What else? What oh <laughs> this is a fun one. Um, the stair test. We should have went with this one first because this is like the perfect introduction to yeah. why we're doing this. This theme. <laughs> the stair test is something uh, Johnny and I are familiar with. Phil, you probably are, and you don't. You just don't know. It. I think everybody is, and they don't know it. Yeah, the stair test. So the stair test is when you play a game. Now it's not as big nowadays because most games pass the stair test, mm-hmm. but but back in the early days of like the Xbox PS2 era, it was a big thing. You basically, it's when you, as um, the character you play as, when they have, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. When you go to a a stair or um, a sloping, you know, landscape or something like that, and they stand sort of off-center. Like, their feet actually, you know... Touch the ground. Touch the ground. So, like, you're not standing on a diagonal surface and they're just standing like... Like their feet aren't just flat on the ground. The game actually takes into account their different... um, you know, the different landscape and, and uh, what's the other word I'm trying to find? Anyway, that that's what the stair test is. So, like, whenever I'd play a game, the first thing I, any, the first chance I got, like, if there was an offset <laughs> piece of geometry in the game or, or a set of stairs, obviously, I would go, like, move my character around to see if it, this game passed the stair <laughs> test. And... I would honestly like dock a game in my yeah. mind if it yeah. didn't pass the stair test. Like I would think less about it. Yeah, because what else is going to be shit? Yeah, well, this is shit. What else is going to be? It's like the easiest thing to do. Darksiders one did not pass the stair test, oh. and I immediately thought less of it because yeah. of that. <laughs> like that kind of changed my experience about that. It like cheapened it almost. Yeah. It's it's the weirdest, like this tiniest little thing, but. I remember I had never talked to anybody about that, and you and I were talking one time, and you said something about the stair test. Yeah, me and Jack have always done it. And I was like, the stair test? Is yeah. He couldn't be talking about this. And then I remember asking you to clarify, and I was like, oh, wow. I yeah. thought I was the only person in the world that cared about that. I believe Oblivion and Fallout 3 didn't pass until until Skyrim. Like, you, you couldn't run diagonally, or... I think Could you run diagonally in, in Fallout. You, when you stood, it w- it was like they did have it, but it was really 
it was just weird. They didn't it have didn't look little, natural. They had like massive ones where yeah. you'd like be on a big slope and your legs would adjust weirdly. But then like the little stairs, I don't think it wouldn't. No. I don't think it would. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. And, and so which I think when Oblivion did that, that's when I started testing other games <laughs> and and there were some really old games that did it, and mm-hmm. those were the impressive ones. But then, like, when you get into the modern era, and, like, there are games that didn't do it, it was like, oh, what a piece of shit. Oh, come yeah. on, yeah. I remember back, like, Prince of Persia did it. Yeah. Um, Prince of Persia passed the stair test. Uh, just, like, random, random-ass games that I can remember doing it. <laughs> just, I wonder if God of War passed the stair test. Probably. It's, it's funny, because you, you, you see sort of the, the priorities or the attention to, to detail for the devs, especially for older games, like... You see who is less attentive, yes. maybe. Uncharted passed it with flying colors. Yeah, Uncharted, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just attention to detail, and that's like the like that's something that we all love. Yeah. Hence this episode. One thing that would, it kind of falls into this a little bit: seeing your legs in a first-person. Oh, that's fucking. That's a yes. great example. That was always so cool. It's, yes. It doesn't make or break the game, but it was always neat. I think you saw it in Halo Two, and you that saw it in like, Half Life. Yeah, that's Those like were the first two I saw it. In. Yeah, that's something I always check in every first-person shooter. I was every checked, time when I was a kid. I always check to see if you could shoot yourself. <laughs> Never could. Yeah. Or seeing yourself in a, in your reflection—that's another one. Yeah, yes. Like going by a mirror and like looking to see if you can see yourself or something. It happened like in that. Doom Three. You can do it in Doom Three, and I was like, "Oh, so that's what I look like." I remember in some games, like they would find like every mirror would be broken because they c- couldn't do it. No, the the best game to to have done the mirror trick is uh, uh, Duke Nukem 3D, nineteen ninety five, uh, or no ninety eight. But you'd go, you'd go into the into the thing, and you're, you'd have your sprite, and you'd see your sprite reflected, and you'd go and you hit E, and you'd be like, "Damn, I'm looking good." <laughs> <laughs> and then you go up to the urinal, you take a piss, and first person pee. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Seeing yourself—that is that is a great example. Seeing yourself in a first person shooter. Uh, Phil, did you do you have a, you have one more in here? Right? I think I have one more, maybe. Um, no, cell shade. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in my I my only regret is that I haven't played very many solid shady games uh, except for Wind Waker and Wind Waker is a beautiful looking game. A comic looks pretty cool. I think uh, I mean no more heroes can be counted as cell shade, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I think you probably Ultimate played a lot. Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man. I think you played a lot more cell shade. Yeah, games I think you just Yeah, I haven't played Beautiful Joe. Beautiful Joe. Oh, that was a that's when sexy. That's when I unfortunately just Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper. Thievius Raccoon, I guess. There's a lot of great looking games in Cell Shade. And for a real long time, people were like, oh, 13. God, Cell Shading. But there was nothing wrong yeah, with it. Yeah, people cool. hated Cell Shading when it was happening because they wanted dark and gritty. Then we got dark and gritty, and now people miss color. I love uh, Cell Shading. Is, is, uh, yeah, 13, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago on a different podcast, but that game, I remember playing that, which was Cell Shaded, and I thought it was fucking awesome. Because that game was. That game was different because it was cell shading, but it wasn't like like overly bright and colorful mm-hmm. like a cartoon. It looked just it looked like a more mature comic book. Yeah, and yeah. That, so that was cool. You yeah. know, it was cool to see it in kind of a more mature setting. So it was a great style. Yeah, and it was and it was I loved it. I, I it feel like cool. cell shading could be uh, improved upon in the modern era with more details and yeah. stuff. But it also definitely made three D work better in the more simplified poly. I mean, Wind Waker was the prime example mm-hmm. of. Of how to make a a game that has the same timeless effect with its primitive 3D graphics as 
like the SNES sprite work and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that game, that game will always be timeless to people because it's in 100% style, even though it has relative. I mean, it has decent 3D modeling, but it's still a low polygon count. Mm-hmm. Just for that low of polygons to look that good, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. Yeah, it's just like so many things don't have textures. It's just like a color, and it just your brain puts down what's supposed to be there, yeah. and it just works. It's, it you see some works. you see some games nowadays that are kind of improving on that too. Like I. Do you do you guys remember the game? It's not out yet, but the game Rhyme that they showed off at um, E3, the PS4 game, where it's kind of yeah. it almost looks like a mixture of like Shadow of the Colossus style or Ico, yeah, mixed with maybe like Journey, and it has a really beautiful art style. That's that's it's not it's maybe not cel shaded in the traditional sense, but it's kind of a similar um, like less things that are textured and and more really brightly colored and stuff. Um, so some games are are messing with that that style. There's another example of cell damage. You remember cell damage? I don't remember. It was like a Mario Kart racer on the Xbox. Um, oh shoot! I was just thinking of one that that does it, and it's Okami is like yeah, probably, Okami. Probably, probably it's probably technically the best uh, right next to Wind Waker, but I just never got into it. Yeah, the whole game looks like yeah, we don't play, we don't want to play as an animal. Fuck right. animals! I'm sorry, I'm Fuck sorry. Them. I don't want to do it. I'm sure it's a great game. Fuck you, Peter. Um, oh, what else? Johnny, did... I, I don't think I have... Oh, I have one one other one that's kind of a, a smaller one. Um, that's just... I got two more. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, yours, are, yours are... I want to talk about their favorite. Actually, one of the... Oh, I guess you didn't have... Uh, so, Phil has one that I basically have, which is... I have slow motion targeting, mm-hmm. which is when, you know, in a third person shooter like Red Dead where everything slows down and you just target everybody's face and then you shoot their face. Whoa, whoa, up. whoa. Why wouldn't you say Max Payne first? Uh, you say Max Payne's, like Red Dead. Come on. Max Payne's great. I, there's I a reason you this. You jump through a window. There's I never a reason played this Max me- Payne as a kid. There's a reason this mechanic is called bullet time. I played. I pl- Really? Is that from Max it's Payne? It's from Max Payne. Really? Yeah, it was I didn't called even bullet know time in the game. That's that's like the term that it's the industry has accepted that as the term that we use for it. God, there's so many good examples of that. Vats, the Vats system. Yes, mm-hmm. um, Red Dead, uh, the GTA games. You know, Michael can do it, but Max Payne Three was. Oh, man, yeah, Max Payne Three did it really well. Oh yeah. Um, I I didn't like I didn't like this game and I didn't like this in it, but they technically did a really good job in Splinter Cell Conviction. Um, oh yeah, the mark and execute system. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it as a Splinter Cell game mechanic. Yes, but, but it's a fun it, game mechanic. But it's not great. a Splinter Cell game. Yeah, it was super satisfying to watch it happen. Though, like bam, 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 just yeah. picking guys off and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many games that did it after Max. I mean, the like Matrix Path of Neo <laughs> was did it, and it was pretty fun. <laughs> There's something so satisfying about just see. Oh, Stranglehold. Oh yeah, John Woo. John Woo right. Stranglehold. The slow mo crotch shot bullet. Yeah. Whatever. The oh, crotch God. shot cam. Yeah. Nobody didn't shoot him. Every time you you shoot him in the crotch, you'd see the 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 Asian man like hold his crotch and be like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> that that actually that game is a good example for. For destructible environments, which is also on my list, mm-hmm. but man, oh man, that game's indestructible. Man. Oh, it's a, it's heavenly when it comes to destructible. I wish they waited a few years to make that, like make it now, where they could have done a lot better with it. Because a lot of the 
They like a lot of the designs were really fun, but then the base gameplay was this super repetitious PS2 era schlock. The demo was like amazing, and then I bought the game and I couldn't get past the second level because each level was like an hour and a half of like the same thing. I I, I still beat it like and I loved it. <laughs> um, the uh, Quantum Break coming out that that's like taking this mechanic and just blowing it up completely. to a whole new level. Yeah, it's like completely stopping all time, and then you can free like it's it's pretty pretty Weird. cool looking. Yeah, I didn't. I actually don't know hardly anything about that. Really, game, it's so. it's pretty cool. I mean, it's you know like you stop time and you can like dart around and shoot guys and then time will start back up and they'll be like wow, like, <laughs> oh, fly back and stuff. Oh, that's so. Gonna be so cool. Yeah, slow motion, slow motion targeting systems. That'll never get old. You have anything extra to say about bullet time, Phil? Not uh, other than jumping through windows and shooting guys. Yeah, man, I made like Chow Yun fat. That's what Max Payne says. <laughs> Landing on your back, and you only have so much bullet time left. Oh. So you're shooting. So you're shooting as many guys as you can because you're running low on time. When you pull it off, you pull it off. It's super satisfactory. There's nothing better in Max Payne Three than laying on your back, rolling around, and yes, like just blasting yeah. guys. Oh man, God, it was like just a John Woo movie come to life. That's what they were trying to do. I think that is. Well, I mean, that's why they joke about making like Chow Yun Fat. Such a fucking cool game. Um. Uh, destructible environments. It's that's a quick one. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and it's pretty broad too. So, you know, I, I've always loved games that that mess around with those mechanics. I mean, there's so many different there, there's so many different like um, examples of this. You know, there's Battlefield that has uh, building destruction. Just Cause is great. Um, you know, Max Payne early on had some some sort of. Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Hulk Ultimate Destruction, great example. Um, I always like the little things, like yeah. with like gun destruction, like John Woo's Stranglehold, where yeah. you fucking shoot shoot a fucking watermelon. Yeah, or just <laughs> oranges and stuff flying everywhere, baskets and paper just, just, and just yeah, shit paper. all. Yeah, I love that. Um, oh, that's another good. So this is something that's super important to me—a small detail. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, sh- I wish I would have put this on my list earlier, but. This is something that I always... It's like a stare test for me. Guns that properly animate. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves. And it's not... So you don't see it as much nowadays, but when guns don't properly, like, eject the bullet casings or, like, the slide doesn't move back on a a, a handgun. Things like that. I hate it. I hate that so much. Or, like, when when it's empty and the slide isn't, isn't all the way back and different things like that always bother me. Or, like... It bothers me in games when they do reload animations and they where there's already a bullet in the chamber yeah. and they eject like they do the eject animation even though there's a chambered bullet. Like it's always the same animation when they're reloading whether or not they still have ammo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That always bothered me too. Those it seems like only first person shooters get that right, like military ones, Call of Duty, Battlefield, games like that. Yeah. You never but it's not a big deal. Not as big as gun animations not being correct. God, I hate like and the the early Just Cause, I remember I did that with Rico's signature guns. He's two revolvers. Do you mm-hmm. remember the first Just Cause's animations for that? No. Like there was no animation. Like the gun just had like a flame come out of it and, yeah. and he just kinda like he just awkwardly, like, he didn't auto... Like, seriously, he, he'd move like this whenever he'd shoot it. He just... His arms would just, like, flail and, like, adjust in awkward positions. 
and there was no animation to the guns. They were revolvers, but the chambers didn't like revolve. All all the machine guns were just like like one static 3D model just spitting out yes, flame and that, just kind of kicking I hate back. It. Oh, and you just take out a clip and you. Although the reload for for the shitty revolvers was pretty awesome. He just, like, kind of spins the guns. Yeah. That's my favorite reload animation, where they clearly don't put anything in them. They just move them in the weird ways, and, and all the, of a sudden there's bullets in it. It was bizarre, too, because sometimes the timing would be off. Sometimes you'd be like, whoosh, and then pull them up. Sometimes you'd be like, whoosh, 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 and, like, like, take too long for the other gun. Like, it was weird. <laughs> you kill while you're reloading. Um, yeah, destructible environments. I, I love them. That was like the one good thing about Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. The one um, thing, yeah. Man, there's just so many. God, there's so many games. I, it's, yeah. I, I mean, games nowadays, like there's so much uh, processing power and technology and stuff that they can do some pretty incredible things. So it's it's almost like a given nowadays. But but back in the day, it used to not be that way, and it used to be like something that was like a treat. Yeah. When you when you'd shoot something and it would like fly off a shelf, you'd be like, Oh cool. Do you remember watching Gears of War Two's tech demo before Gears of War Two came out? Yeah, I remember seeing cute. like the soft the, the soft um The Cube of Meat. Yeah, the Cube of Meat. My friend and I made we still make fun of that. I still don't of, recall seeing an example good examples of that when I played the actual game. It, the worm level had yeah. it was basically just a big Just cube the only it was like a tech demo and then the rest of the game was the same stuff. Yeah. Like technically, it's funny because like technically, it still had that capability. It's just they didn't have the creativity to implement it. But you could still, you know, use your torque bow to shoot through a wall and um, see the other guy. The division does some really creative things with the destructible environments. It it really like ups the ante. Like I watched a video of someone playing the beta back, you know, a few weeks ago, and this guy's like shooting a sign, a metal sign, and you can see the dents on the other side. And just really like oh, random yeah. stuff like that. Bullet it's just the attention to details. Great for for an uh, an MMO shooter. Bullet decals show up uh, on enemies. Uh, I believe so. I'll have to double check that again tonight. Yeah, but to, but there's a lot of bullet check. effects, and there's a lot of like you know, um, there, like your your the your footprints in the snow, which is a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. The like the level of like. Thickness, it's dependent on like how you move, and you can do jumping jacks, it perfectly matches with your foot. And, and like, I don't know, there's just something about how they handle a lot of the, the little things like that. Yeah, the game definitely passed the stair test, which yeah. for an online centric game is that's incredible. Yeah, that's, fucking that's really amazing. Unch- Uncharted 4 is also looking to be like the kind of game where you see details that's like. Holy shit! Like, why would they even think to do that? Yeah, like they took the time to actually put that in the game. How much extra budget did that cost? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, you had you had like over the top particle effects on your list. Yeah, so that kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, wanna... in a way, yeah. Well, particle effects can be um, like particle like weather, but then like particle effects also. Um, they call them particle effects, but really that's just like when you cast a spell in an RPG mm-hmm. and it does some insane... Yeah. And just light goes everywhere as they're like, you know, waving their wand in the air or whatever. And everything explodes and just a magic horse comes out of nowhere and rams the enemy. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Games that like are so over the top in their particle effects and, and like spell animations and... 
and stuff like that. Because funny example, Lord of the Rings Third Age on the PS2, like had so over the top effects. Like when the elf would, uh, she she'd do like this thing with her sword, and she'd like do this this like martial art move, and she'd like a a, a, a symbol would form. And she like pierced the symbol with her sword, and it would shoot a bolt of like electric water at the enemy, or like the 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 the, the, Viking, the dwarf would like spin his axe around, and flames would surround him, and then a stone wall would rise in front. That kind of stuff. It's just like what the hell? And the sound effects were like really over the top too. So I just love. Uh, it's always satisfying to me. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen has like really crisp, like pretty. Just super over the top, very colorful, just all sorts of tiny little details. Complete with a giant ass summon. Final Fantasy is known for its insane particle effects, but a lot of Japanese games do it, and it's just always kind of. I can think of. I I was thinking of Final Fantasy 15, and I screwed that up. Sorry. But yeah, there there are some games that have really lazy particle effects. A lot yeah. of JRPGs too. Like, cause it's funny when a JRPG has like lazy particle effects, but it's a great game. It's like that's clearly not their strong suit. But then you see like this other game that comes out the same year, and its particle effects are just like insane. It's it's definitely a, a judge of of. of I like in um, Killer Instinct when you're Jago and you shoot your fireball. As soon as it hits the enemy, sparks just go like all over the place and like right. fall on the ground and everything. That's and cool. I remember uh, watching like that first video of Uncharted Four where he's climbing up the rock and he, you know traversing the environment with those enemies. And uh, someone throws a grenade and rocks like fly up and then fall around. And you can hear the rocks hitting and stuff. And okay. I love stuff like that. Turning bad guys into liquid and fallout. Love that. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's the greatest looking, but it's it's satisfying. It's satisfying, yeah, super, yes, super satisfying. satisfying. Yeah. So, um, is that uh, all we got? Or is there any anybody think of anything else? No, we're yeah. good. I'm yeah, good. I'm good. I got that off my chest. I feel good now. Bullet decals. Yeah. Hell yes. Um, the president. Want to talk a little briefly on some stuff that came out this week and uh, some games we've been playing? Sure. We haven't been playing that much. I mean, I've been playing the same games I've been playing for the past couple of weeks. I mean, I got some progress to report on playing Resident Evil Zero for people who are familiar with the game. I'm fi- I finally got past the uh, damn maze with the hunters. It's not too much of a problem if you just grab some uh, acid grenades, but it is pretty tense. And now I'm uh, getting killed a lot because um, I need to gather some herbs and some more equipment. Well, I feel like you've been playing Resident Evil for like seven months. I've been. Pl- it feels like I've been playing. It's such a longer game than I'm. Sure, I know if I, I know if you're like a master at it, you can beat it in like a few hours. But for me, really, for a normal gamer, for a guy who doesn't play Resident Evil that much, it is a long game. Yeah, I I've always wanted to play it, and I think I'm going to get the anthology or whatever um, the double pack eventually um, but yeah it looks, it looks cool But uh, yeah so what I've been playing uh, two games came out this week um, that are both very huge um, I already talked a bit about The Division uh, and then another one that was a huge surprise uh, that I really wanted to talk about was uh, Stardew Valley <laughs> came out on Steam so this game was made by one guy. It's 
like Animal Crossing meets um, meets uh, Harvest Moon. It's you have a you inherit a farm. Basically, uh, it, it's an indie game on Steam where you you run a farm and there's a town and you interact with the townspeople. And you just, you know, live out your day-to-day and make sure that your crops don't get a fucking plague. Uh, eventually you get married to one of the townspeople and then, you know, you just uh, you just do stuff. There's a lot, a lot of stuff to do around the town. Like, an insane amount of stuff. There's so much stuff. Somebody was talking about it in an article. They're like, the game is so cool because people are speculating on its massive community. Like, that you could maybe, there's like rumors that you can plant crops diagonally over by the mill and you'll get this special secret pet kind of like people are like sharing secrets because it's not there's so much in the game it's not surprising for them to be so many teeny tiny little details but uh the game came out of nowhere the guy was working on it for four years and it's so polished it's amazing it's already better than like animal crossing or harvest moon and which is shocking the game doesn't really look like much um, it, I think it looks actually pretty good. It, at first, it looks like an RPG Maker thing, uh, but it it is from a gameplay standpoint just fantastic. But it just everyone felt in love with it out of nowhere. It's only fifteen bucks. Fucking everybody bought it. Like eight of my friends own it. It sold half a million copies. And it came out like a few days ago. One guy made it off of like nothing. He's been living on nothing for four years. This is his passion project. It had it was almost cancelled because, you know, life got in the way. So many times. It comes out, people adjust calculated it in the calculator. He's already profited personally after all the fees and taxes. Two point five million dollars from this good for him. From the that makes me so few happy. days of sales. Yeah. This one guy who's just living off top ramen for four years. And I mean there's no science to show that that was ever gonna pay off. But it's, Somehow it's, it's, it's a top-selling game on Steam. It's like competing with The Division right now, nice. which is Ubisoft's best-selling game uh, ever, or fastest-selling game ever. Uh, it's just it's just unbelievable. The game's community is massive. People are making mods. People are uh, writing a great detailed guides. Just for some reason, everyone decided they were a Harvest Moon fan, I guess. But it's like Harvest Moon is always this series that had these great fantastic ideas and terrible execution for and there's because really old really ahead of its time and this game just like and nobody was ever tapping into that i feel like a couple of them did uh, in ways but they were really flawed the best one was rune factory 3 but for various reasons this game though it just kills them it's funny and because they've been trying to save harvest moon by making all these different spin-offs and everything and they just haven't been able to do it and then this game comes out and it just crushes it i don't know there's there's even a, like a global community. There's like a lot of Japanese players have discovered the game. It's just it's just bizarre. I don't know. I don't even know. Normally, you think that I would have found out about something like this, but no. Like seven of my friends bought it before I'd even heard of the game, and it just blew up on the internet in like a day. It was an overnight smash hit. That is so good. It's just a cool story. I love it's that. a cool game. I'm yeah. glad for the guy's success. Yeah, yeah, good for him. That's I love good success stories mm-hmm. yeah massive success and the guy's a prodigy he's really good at, at developing but he's also really good at, at bug squashing like the game is so polished and it it's got so many things in it to to manage for one developer uh the launch was already really smooth but people are just posting ideas and bugs on the forums 
uh, on Reddit and on Twitter. And he's just responding to all of them like that. Like, he, if you look on his post history on Reddit, it's just like one every 30 minutes. Him saying, oh, yeah, I, I got it. I implemented the fix. Check the game. It's patched. Like, he's just patching, patching, patching. The game's been out for like seven days or something. Wow. He's patched it like a ton of times. And then he just released his fifth major patch. And the game's just came out. And the, like, each patch has like a list of release notes. Wow. That's <laughs> so fucking cool. Like, somebody awesome. posted on Twitter saying, hey, my game crashed. I can't get into it. And I'm getting this error. He said, check the game now. Uh, he responded to him on Twitter like 20 minutes later. Oh, thanks. Like, there's like a screenshot of that. I was like, what the fuck? This is amazing. That is awesome. awesome. That's like, I think he's trying to earn his pay. Just like, just can't believe that yeah. he just earned over $2 million. Hopefully he gets hired by a huge publisher and it, and it ruins his life. Love. Yeah, his <laughs> love for games. I'm just kidding. God. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't want to talk too much about The Division. I, I'd like to talk more about it later when I've played it and when you've played, I've played a it. fuck ton of it, because you fucking will. Um, it's amazing. I love it. It's everything I'd hoped for. It's everything that I wanted the game to be when I saw it uh, first announced. Let me tell you something, Johnny. Our fans right now, they're rejoicing at hearing this coming out of your mouth. We have fans? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. My friend Chad. Did he, does Chad like the division? Or does he just He probably wouldn't, but just, you know, hearing you say like this out outpouring positive feedback for a for a game such as the division. Yeah. It's uh Again, it's cool because I feel like it's getting I don't know. It's getting more love than Ubisoft games typically get. Yeah, especially this game. Because it was like, this game, at one point, I was like, it's doomed to, I was thinking in my head that it was doomed to fail because just from the people's opinions of it, not that it was going to be bad or that I wouldn't like it. Yeah. It just felt like the kind of game that everyone was negative on before they even got a chance, like Watch Dogs. I was very unnecessarily dismissive of it. Yeah. But um, a lot of people were. And I think that's kind of just... The, the I, similar to Watch Dogs, it vibed with me. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, I, I know I'm gonna like that." Like, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I I do know what it is. It's it's just, but it's a lot of things. Uh, but it really just came together. First of all, the game's gorgeous. The weather effects are insanely good. The online integration is seamless. People have said that there are server issues. There's not server issues. The servers are running great. I had lag once in the online, in the PvP zone, where there was, like, tons of players fucking fighting NPCs. I, all of my friends, I've got a bunch of friends together. There's, like, eight people I know playing it, and we'll just get in Skype, we'll get together in groups. I have not been alone more than once, and I am level 15, and we've, I've only done the main story missions with friends. Two to three to four, go into the dark zone, we... We run, kill a bunch of NPCs, grab a bunch of great loot. We find some straggler, you know, online player, and we just destroy him. And we go and we climb a ladder and we hide in a back corner where all these other online players come after us because we have a bounty on our head and the whole server knows. And so they're trying to get that bounty, and five guys are just coming up, and we just light them up because we, we're in a cheap spot. Five guys, Phil's favorite. Yeah, food joint. We we leveled up from one to ten in the dark zone because dark zone has its own level, its own experience bar. Um, which you can use to get better guns and and uh, and so we leveled up from one to ten within thirty minutes because 
our friends were like shooter pros and they they played the beta they knew where to go and so we just went in for the first time like half the level requirement like it goes like from level one to 14 in this one specific area we were at so we were like level eight so we could have encountered people way higher and we were and we still managed to just smoke everybody who got in our way it was so much fun i haven't had an online experience this fun in years I I fucking love the division, and it's not. People are complaining because like it doesn't have enough. It won't have enough stuff to do. I don't see me playing it for you know thousands of hours, and like like I would World of Warcraft. Like they're comparing it to WoW and stuff, and I'm just like this game has just the amount of content I want in it. It's got 26 main story missions, level cap of 30, uh, and you know I'm at 15. You, you'll you'll play through all the content, or or I mean, a good bulk of it in like forty hours, and you, there'll be wonderful hours, and there's still replayability, but there's still a story there, and it, and the satisfaction of feeling like you beat an MMO, like yeah. like it's it's a massive game, it's an RPG, but it's not bloated. It doesn't force time on you. I don't think it, it was never trying to be as lengthy as those games. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not people come. That's not a that's not a bad thing to me. It's not a knock on the yeah. game. Destiny it's just type of game. Bad thing. Well, because Destiny tried that, and and MMO players are weird, and and online online gamers I find have insanely picky tastes. And I've discovered this by talking to a lot of them over the course of playing this game. But they look for games that will provide them with endless entertainment. They look for endless hours. That's what they want. Um, I sure as fuck don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, I wanna move I don't want to play any game for, for an endless amount of time. That sounds awful. For being a... I mean, this, first of all, the story in this game, at first I thought the writing was terrible. As it's gone on, I actually really like how they're doing it. It's kind of corny. Which is great because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, it's it's got a lot of hidden things in the game, uh, like tons and tons of collectibles. You find a cell phone on the ground. You listen to somebody pr- like right before the infection talking to their mom, or you know a girl calling into a radio show and winning tickets to see the ballet or so, something like that. You you just find like little things that sort of build the world around you. And there's a surprisingly great attention to detail. Similar to Watch Dogs like surveillance footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's all this this city building. Um, and uh, it's just it's really good. The main story missions are pretty good. They have some fun boss battles. A lot of the enemies are really cheesy. Like there's a whole gang called the Cleaners <laughs> and they're just flamethrower guys. Yeah. I mean that's it's nonsense. It's great. And it also adds to enemy variety. You know, you shoot their their packs a lot and it, they light up. It, it makes it to where the whole enemies have big health bars thing isn't it doesn't the game doesn't feel gritty and realistic. It too gritty and too realistic. It makes it to where it just works. And it just works. Yeah, I want to talk about it a lot more after I ta- I I'm going to play it. Yeah, so we'll, so we'll talk, I don't know. We'll you might have sold me on it. I yeah, you, it, have sold me on you guys get. It. But if you do get it, well, the matchmaking is pretty good. Uh, you should play with people as often as you can. Yeah. Um, uh, especially when you're doing main missions, I think you really kind of have to. Um, but you should also play together. Yeah, I'm getting on PC. Fuck yeah, dude! Join our group. Catch up. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be, be difficult. Fun. Yeah. <clears throat> well. Yeah. It, uh, anyways, guys, uh, we are pixelchickengaming.com. Go there and follow our Twitter, like our Facebook. 
facebook.com slash pixel chicken podcast mm-hmm. at pixel underscore chicken on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hate mail to Johnny, pixel chicken podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, Phil. You're a slut! Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Fuck you. <clears throat> Thanks uh, for listening. Striker, uh, give us give us a, a, a rap. A rap. Just 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 do a little rap. No, I'm not. Dude, that's that. what the kids like. No, I'm not. I'm, you caught me off guard. I'm not ready. I love you, everybody. Yeah. Bye, guys. Sorry for the crushing disappointment. Oh, damn it.